Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson and... Katie McFarlane. And... Dave Pendleton. Welcome team. Hi. Hey. How are we doing? Good. All, all good? It's, all good. It's not Friday, it's Thursday. It is. It's Thursday. We're in our new Hubcast room. We've got our new equipment, which we've been messing around with for the last 10 minutes. But it finally gives us the opportunity to have uh, a more, um, rather than Dave and Spencer or whoever sat around one microphone cuddled up, gives us the opportunity to look each other in the eye and have a proper three-way Hubcast. Are we excited? I'm kind of missing the closeness of the uh, one mic, if I'm, if I'm honest. I know, it's not as cosy now, is it? <laughs> not as cosy. So, we've got um, an interesting uh, team on the Hubcast today. We've brought Katie in, following Katie's success on the recent Hubcast, which we did on the mental health journey, yes. which has been very well received, so well done for that. Dave, as always, likes to come in to bring the sarcasm and a little bit of banter. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. doesn't know what I mean. Um, and Spencer's not here today. So um, what we wanted to do is we wanted to record a hubcast on something based purely on what we were discussing in the office this morning. Now, let's try and get through this as adults. Uh, <laughs> let's try and get through this as adults. For a change. Exactly. But well, the topic we were discussing in the office today, joking aside, is a serious topic and it's something that we observe in, in our customers' workplaces all of the time. It's it's becoming more prevalent in social media and in in you know on, on social and in news reports. But it's the it's the topic of appearance and how a person's appearance or should a person's appearance really have a bearing or an influence on on how they're perceived in the workplace by customers, whether they actually get the job or not in an interview. Um, and we were talking specifically this morning about tattoos. And we were talking about tattoos because last night I had another tattoo. And I don't mind. Katie, you've got tattoos, right? I have. Dave? One very small old one. Yeah, one that one that you sort of got when you were 16 <laughs> and think, yeah, I'm glad that's hidden. But um, we were talking about tattoos. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I don't mind openly expressing, although I don't have tattoos that, uh, are on display when I'm wearing normal clothes, um, I have tattoos and I quite like them. I'm a fan of them, right? Um, and I'm a business owner and I've been in business a long time. Uh, I think it's becoming more accept uh, acceptable to have tattoos in the workplace. But we were discussing today around where do you draw the line? And if if people have tattoos in the workplace that are now on popular places like hands or neck on your neck or got your head or face or whatever it might be, anywhere where you could see them when wearing normal working attire, would that go against somebody in the workplace? or And should it, or should it be irrelevant? Uh, the other things we were discussing this morning is piercings, hair colour, um, the, the clothes we wear, etc. And we've moved such a long way in the modern day workplace where traditionally, and we were talking about beards as well, Dave, mm. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't so long back that it was frowned upon to have any form of stubble or, or beard. You know, in fact, if you weren't clean shaven in the morning, you'd often get the office remark that says, have you lost your razor? Mm. You know, yeah. so but we've come full circle because almost everybody has a beard or most men have a, have a beard these days or some type of, type of facial hair. So 
I guess that's where we're, what we're going to talk about. It's unplanned, it's unrehearsed, but let's start with tattoos, seeing as though I had a fresh tattoo last night, and you've all seen it this morning. It is on my chest, so it's not exactly in a place where I'm stripping naked in the office, but what's your thoughts, Katie, first, from a female perspective, what's your thoughts on tattoos in the workplace? I think it depends on the tattoo. I think I have a tattoo on my forearm, which is not offensive, it's not like rude it's just and I I'm quite happy to have that out on show because I can't well it's on my forearm so if I'm wearing a t-shirt you can see it but I think it depends on what role you are in and what kind of tattoo it has well that's interesting I sort of agree with that I think it's not a binary thing I think unfortunately we'll bring the neuroscience into this as much as there'll be people out there listening to this saying no, 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 it shouldn't matter what role you are in, you should be free to have tattoos and express yourself in the way you want to express yourself. The reality of the world is, and social sciences, is that we form opinions on other people within the first 10 seconds of meeting them purely by whether we feel they are friend or foe, like or dislike, right? And and our appearance has a huge bearing on that. And that is just social sciences. Yeah. So although I agree it shouldn't matter and we should express ourselves in the, in, the, in the way we should be, you know, if you are in a certain role where you are continuously meeting new people for the first time, it could. Yeah, it could have. It could, it, as much as it shouldn't, it could cause you an issue or it could be yeah. a present a problem. Dave? Well, I guess the question goes back to you. CEO, successful business, worked for yourself for quite a long time, ex-corporate. Yeah. Ex-military. So why did you choose to have a tattoo in a place that's not visible under normal circumstances? Well, so my I've got my left arm is heavily tattooed down to probably my forearm. Mm. So I've got what you would call a sleeve in the tattoo world yeah. from my shoulder, top of my shoulder to my forearm. And then I've got recently a tattoo on my chest. So wearing a shirt or, or any form of attire, you would never know I had tattoos. Now, was that a conscious conscious decision? I think when I go back to when I had my first tattoos done on my arm, I worked for a corporation called Gartner, who were a global PLC. Mm. And yes, it did have a, a bearing on me stopping at my forearm sure. because um, I was conscious that in the working environment, it would have been potentially frowned upon in that organization if I had tattoos that mm. could be remotely visible even if I turned my cuff back and it was on down to the bottom of my arm sure. so I did make that conscious effort at the time but that was an organization 10-12 years ago where it was even frowned upon Dave to not wear a tie mm. so if you came in with a suit and no tie you were sort of you know there was a bit of uh, it was it was frowned upon it was also frowned upon to have facial hair for for uh, or if you didn't have your hair cut and your, mm. your hair looked slightly long and mm. you know so uh, for me at the time maybe going bit too far on the tattoos might have been a risk now is that right or wrong um well of course i would say that you know the world is changing now and tattoos are becoming more common in the workplace as are you know it's probably less common now to wear a full suit and tie in fact in the way we dress in the workplace not in every organization mm -hmm. but in a lot of organizations it is getting more relaxed um but i made the decision yes probably at the time so that i could have the best of both worlds i could enjoy having tattoos because I enjoy having tattoos and I like them, but I could also then go to work without it impacting or anybody perceiving me in a, in a way which would go against me. Sure. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with that. Yes, that was in my mind when I got my my my, early, my first tattoos, yeah. And, and last night's tattoo, why is also is that in a place 
is not visible. Well, that's because I mean, you, you know, you're your own boss now. There's only you to please. Yeah, I'm I'm more relaxed about it these days. You know, we um, as you've seen in the office, I can I'll wear polo shirts and, mm. and and stuff, and I'm I'm more open with it because we live in a or our business. I feel is a slightly more edgy business by the nature of what we do. We sure. challenge. We we're independent. We you know we don't wear suits. We we wear sort of you know our, our own smart style, casual. smart casual to work. Katie, you know, has a has piercings, and one of the first things she said to me in an interview, wasn't it, Katie, is, yeah. "Am I okay to wear my what do you call it?" It was my septum. So you've got your septum it's is the middle like bit of your nose. I had that pierced, and you have like a, a, a is it a loop? Is that what you call it? A ring, like a horseshoe, isn't like it? a horseshoe, which sort of comes. Mm. And but but Katie's um, nose ring at the time for me was very very uh, stylish. It was um, subtle. Yeah, it suits your style the way you are, and I didn't have a problem with it. I mm. think it's cool. It's who we are, right? It's what we're trying to do. Sure. But to answer your question, the reason I've got this particular tattoo on my chest is not for any other reason. But and this is going to sound really soppy, but it's a <laughs> tattoo dedicated to my wife and children. It's a bit of a unique style within which incorporates a number of things, and I wanted it on my heart, mm. which is mm. on my chest. So, um, which is dogs, really Katie will start crying. <laughs> You've got me talking about this soppy stuff. So that was the only reason for that. Um, but yeah, I think, but but let me let me ask this question. Let me let me sort of build upon what you're saying. Would I have a tattoo, or would you two have a tattoo there, folks? I know you've got one, Dave, and you've always said you might you might get another one. You, mm. you know, you'd be interested in getting another one. Katie, you're a fan of tattoos. Would you ever get one which protruded onto your hands, neck, or face? Uh no, never. I, I've always wanted one on the back of my neck, but I have long hair, so you it would be covered. So I do, but I don't think I'd have it. I'd have them. And what's the reason for that? Are we saying we are still conscious of how that would be perceived, uh, or is it just a preference? I wouldn't want that. Yeah, two style. two things for me. Yeah, I, I think the perception of it is still there. Is still definitely a lingering perception from. Well, I was going to say, I guess, traditionally minded people, but they can also be young people as well. Mm. You know, there are plenty of young people who don't like tattoos and don't like the way that they look. You know, I guess we jump to the conclusion that young people in in this generation just accept that tattoos are normal. I don't think that's necessarily the case for everyone. Um, so, so for me, hands, face, neck, no thanks, not for me. But some of that is personal preference as well. Yeah. Katie? Yeah, I would say the same with Dave. So let's flip it around. If you were working with a client or working with somebody or somebody came into an in, for an interview here at T2 and they had a tattoo on their hands protruding onto their neck or face, would it go against them? Would we be hesitant to employ them as a result of that? Let, let's be really yeah, honest sure. in, well, in your gut here. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think regardless of the person's skills and abilities and how they came across in the interview, I think we would have to consider how that might affect relationships with potential future customers or even customers that we already have. Because as we say, it's about perception. And just because we perceive this person as one way doesn't mean to say that everybody in the outside world perceives that person the same. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And we'll come on to the social sciences behind that. Katie, I've got a feeling you might be slightly different on this. I mean, I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me, but I get Dave's point about how if they you put that person in front of a client who was quite traditional. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me either, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think then you've got to try and think about 
they're the face of if they're going to meet a client they're the face of your business and is that really what you want yeah so we're saying you've it's got to be appropriate for the role that they are going to yeah. undertake for example when i went to the tattoo shop yesterday there there were a lot of hip funky guys in there tattooing who had tattoos themselves on their on the sides of their heads and their necks and their hands and you know it was it was absolutely relevant, right? If I'd have gone in for my tattoo and there was a a guy or a girl sat there in a pinstripe suit with no tattoos, it would have looked odd, right? Mm. So it's sort of absolutely situationally relevant is what we're saying. Now, coming back to Dave's point, what we know here at Trans2 and the reason we wanted to discuss this topic is it's got nothing to do sometimes with preferences or prejudices. Is that right? Yeah. It's got everything to do with social sciences, i.e. we form opinions of others generally in the first 10 seconds that we meet them. And through all the work we know, the reason we've got to do that as an animal is we've got to establish friend or foe you know, if this is a threat or not, or like, dislike, which is why sometimes you meet people for the first time and you just don't like them. We say it in our courses mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's that fight or flight, that friend or foe that I have to make a snap judgment uh, on this person very, very quickly. Now, the only way we can do that in 10 seconds is largely down to appearance. It is. It's fickle, but it is. It's social sciences. It's like... It's like that the same as, as, as animal <laughs> attraction. Yeah. One human being attracted to another. You know, it's it, it's a... It's, it's a cool thing to be able to say, well, well you know, it's got a lovely personality, but the very first thing that drives that person is the way that they look. Yeah, it's like, you know, people who say, I don't really care about looks in my partner. Rubbish. It's what's the first thing we look at is we look at somebody across a room and we go, I fancy you, right? Yeah, I'm attracted absolutely. to you. It's an animal instinct. So hopefully the personality <laughs> and the everything backs that up. Matches, but, yeah. but the first thing has to be that attraction. And it's the same with perceptions, right? So I just think that... Um, For employers out there listening to this or managers, think about your business and the nature and style of business you are. Think about the culture you have and the image you're projecting because there are absolutely now more people with uh, piercings, tattoos, uh, dressing in in their own way, uh, which is more acceptable in the workplace generally by people. But you've got to do what's situationally relevant for you. Um, And you've got to think about that person's role and how... You know, if they are being perceived on a daily basis in the first 7.8 seconds or 10 seconds of, of meeting people. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, my message is as much as I would love everywhere to just get over themselves and start accepting people for who they are. And if they want tattoos on their neck, who's to judge them? Right. Mm-hmm. As much as I believe in that wholeheartedly, we still have to understand that there is social sci- mm-hmm. sciences at play here and perceptions. Well, there's definitely bias as well. Unconscious bias. Some people yeah. just don't like it. And if they just don't like it, then it'll never be accepted within their workplace. Yeah. If they're in charge of, you know, bringing new people into the workplace. But <clears throat> I think it, because I mean, we started to extend it right into hair color and, and physical size and shape and yeah. the way people dress and even the way people look. You know, so I mean, I guess if we took and talk about biases, there's probably a thousand different biases that we could talk about. Oh. When we're walking down a street and we just glance at somebody and instantly we think, Oh my goodness, I don't like the look of you because mm. XXX. Exactly the same happens in a workplace. Yeah, it does. I mean, my, my personal story was when I, I once turned up for a, a regional meeting. It was an internal meeting and all I was doing is presenting a 15-minute presentation to internal management, uh, you know, who I knew very well and interacted with every day. And I had a suit on and a shirt, but I I dropped the tie because in my opinion, it was like just loosen up a little bit, right? 
and I think it was it was only a tongue in cheek comment by one of the the managers in the room who said, uh, "Oh, are you dressing casual today? Then are you?" Mm. And you know what? I thought that just reinforced the the point that I didn't want to wear a tie, and it sort of reinforced my behaviour. Mm. But that was the type of judgment back mm. then. Oh, you sure. haven't bothered to put a tie on. So, and you have a, an example, Dave, about you went for an interview, mm. and what was it? The, the interviewer actually asked you if you'd be willing to change your hairstyle should you get the job. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a, a director of a business, a, a big business. And, um, you know, he said to me at the end of the whole process, it was like a presentation and then another presentation, then a formal interview. And there's about five different stages. And at the final one, it was, it was an interview with him, um, really just to sort of see if he liked you, I guess. That, that was what I was told. And um, at the end of it, he said, you know, you're by far and away the, the head and shoulders candidate for the job. But would you change your hairstyle if I was to offer you the job? Um, what did you say? Well, I wanted the job, so I said <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and I guess if I'd, have, if I'd have had a different mindset, you know, I could quite have easily, you know, played a, a different card, spoken to HR and caused a real fuss about that. But, I, you know, I had a mortgage and kids and all the rest of it. And mm. it's just a haircut yeah. for me. You know, and I didn't say, well, what type of haircut would you like me to get? Because I kind of got the message. And I suppose at the time, my haircut was a little bit edgier. You know, was it, did, did it necessarily, you know, fit the mold for that role? It was quite a senior role. Maybe it didn't, you yeah. know, but I didn't make a fuss. I wanted the job and I said, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and re, uh, fast forward 10 years, if that happened now. I can imagine there being a whole fuss about something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Katie, from a, a, a female's perspective, do you think it's more difficult for females in the workplace than, than males on appearance? I mean, like you two have both had the kind of, oh, uh, you dressing casual. When I used to work for a fast food chain and I always used to get told to take my eyeliner and my makeup off because that, but that was how I expressed myself. That was how I felt confident so I think it's 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 not it shouldn't be different, but it might be a little different because if a woman's got too much makeup on or she's wearing too much fake tan, we instantly judge them on the mm. way that they look. Or like I used to wear my hair in like nineteen forties victory rolls, and everyone used to like look down their noses at me because I was a sixteen year old dressed like I should be someone mm. in like my different. 60s. I think yeah, is the word. I dress differently. Absolutely. And, then, and and the reality is, is for a fast food chain, right? No brands mentioned, but for a fast food chain. That is an example of where an organization is badly getting it wrong because it's really irrelevant how you look. You want diversity in, in a fast food chain, right? Exactly. You've got you've got younger generations, older generations, males, females, right? Different backgrounds. You surely that's what you want to embrace as an organization. But to say every female has to take their eyeliner and mascara it, off is 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 wrong. It, it used wrong. to make me laugh because there'd be people with like fake tan all over their hands. And all I had was like a little bit of makeup on my face just mm. to be able to like step out the house without scaring any young kids. Mm. Like was I there think, I think what you're talking about there though is the the individual manager's preference because we had this discussion earlier and it was nothing to do with cleanliness or no. hygiene or health and safety. Well, that's what I was like going to ask. Is it anything so to do preference. with hygiene standards or... Well, no, it was just he didn't want us to wear makeup and or wear excessive makeup, mm. as he used to put it. Mm. Whereas I never saw it as being excessive. If I was in with like a bright red lip, fake eyelashes, a little lot that could fall off in food, then I'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure. But no even worries. the word excessive is open, open to perception, well, right? Because yeah. what one person thinks excessive doesn't necessarily mean another person thinks is, is excessive. So actually, I think if you just, if you're trying to 
exercise your muscles as a manager because of your own personal preference. Now, that for me is wrong. Yeah. If it's in the guidelines, you know, because there's a genuine hygiene reason, then I think it's absolutely, you know, rock solid. Mm. You've got to abide by those rules as laid out by the business for very specific reasons. But if it's personal choice, I, I, I think that's wrong. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned something there, Dave, which I'll just pick up on, which I actually I think is probably the right way to go about this whole topic in, in the modern day, which is guidelines. Mm. Now, I absolutely support organisations and businesses who want to uh, have some guidelines for the right reasons around what we expect of our employees, right? For example... You know, if you leave it completely open, and the, and this might be up for, for, for debate as well, right? <laughs> if you leave it completely open and somebody turns uh, up into the office, um, let's say, with not much on, right, bearing quite a lot, which is maybe inappropriate for the situation in some people's eyes, right? Do you have to do, – do, would some guidelines – would some guidelines help? I.e., you can't dictate what people wear – but you can say, listen, we expect, expect us to be smart, presentable, and appropriate for the situation. And they're the guidelines. Or do you think we are moving to a world where actually that's that's no longer relevant? It's it's if we are going to have true diversity, mm. you accept people for who they are and what they're wearing. If they turn up in a in a belly top and shorts in the middle of winter, you've got to accept that. Katie, where do you stand as, as a female on that? I mean... I personally would never. No, you wouldn't personally. Would never but, do but that. But if somebody did, have they got the right to? I mean, it's should their, their choice. employer dictate and say that's inappropriate? It would be their choice. But if their employer was to turn around and say it was inappropriate, I would get it because if I rocked up here in like a mini skirt and a belly top, I would feel uncomfortable for the whole day because we have clients coming in. You're in an office with other people. Like, why would you want to dress that way? Or, or if a male turned up in very tight shorts and a vest. It's the, it's the, it's same, the same analogy, yeah. right? Um, that might be their personal preference. But what I'm saying there is, and I'll bring you in as well, Dave, mm. if you've got guidelines that says, I'm not going to tell you how to dress, but we expect that we address appropriately for the situation. I mean, even that's open to interpretation, isn't it? You know, Yeah, it is. And do you know what? I've got a perfect example of, of one I've, uh, in previous lives, when I've worked in call centres, I've worked in call centers that um, w were almost lawless, so you could almost wear whatever you wanted. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there was an appropriate level. So, you know, guys, if you turned up in sh super short shorts and a vest, then it would probably be outside of the minimum guidelines, which were in people's handbooks and, yeah. you know, job descriptions, all the rest of it. Um, you, you know, and I guess the alternative would be for, you know, ladies and women to be turned up in super short skirts and, tops or whatever it might be um but it was almost lawless so there are almost no guidelines whatsoever uh, and i've worked in call centers where there was still a, a, an expected level of smart or smart casual you know so maybe even for the guys it was trousers and a shirt or a collared t-shirt uh you know and for for the ladies it would be some sort of smart bottoms or a smart dress or something like that you know and some kind of smart top but you know we, i guess we all know what smart looks like yeah. And we all know what casual looks like. There's not a lot of perception. But the weird thing there is, I think, in that environment, for me, it was about somebody's competency to be able to do the job. Because they were never customer-facing. 
They were never facing the outside world. Yeah. All they ever did is face each other and themselves in the workplace. Which comes back to our point. In a call center, it's situationally relevant to be yeah. more relaxed about what you wear because you're one step to remu- removed from that interhuman element. And you could sit yeah. there in your boob tube and mini dress or your vest and shorts, and you <clears> could be the best salesperson on the floor, <clears throat> i.e. you are doing your job and representing that company in the best possible yeah. best possible way. And, and that's what I like about that. It was situationally sure, relevant. And absolutely. I, and, I th- and the reason why we're discussing this Hubcast with several minutes left is this. The world is changing. Diversity is changing. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, dif- with the way, in terms of discrimination, we're a million miles away from where we used to be, mm. right? Even 10 years ago. Em- employer, employers used to dictate to the letter of the law, what how people dressed, what was expected, whether you were cleanly shaven or not, whether you wore a suit or not. And there's still some areas that are some industries and some organizations where that is appropriate. My wife works on Labour Ward. We've discussed mm-hmm. this. Yeah. She works on Labour Ward delivering babies where health and safety and cleanliness is at the most, the patient safety is the most paramount of importance. Sure. She can't wear jewelry. She can't wear her wedding rings to work. She has to have her hair tied up and tied back. She can't have it down. She has to wear a uniform. She has to wear tights. Mm. Even sometimes if she's got her bare legs out in a, in a, in a maternity uh, uh, sort of dress, uniform. She has to have tights. Mm. It's all because it's relevant for operating on labour ward sure. in a hospital. Yeah. So there are still some environments where it absolutely dictates, mm. you know, what it needs to be. But in most working environments, we can offer the flexibility. But for me, I think we've got to strike the balance between letting people express themselves for who they are. We should not overly judge on tattoos, hair colours, piercings, what people wear. But we've also, as an organisation and as the, as a bunch of employees together, we've got to get it right. We've got to make sure that everybody's comfortable and it's situationally relevant. Yeah. And actually, the company's culture will drive and dictate a lot of this, won't it? In terms of what, who are we and what are we comfortable with as an organisation? What do we want to project yeah. to the world? Yeah, I think an interesting thing is that I think that there, even the younger generation get it as well. Because I mean, my son's 18, as you know, and uh, drives me bonkers on a daily basis. And, and as soon as he was 18, he went and got a tattoo. And he's only 18 and a half, and he's already got five tattoos. Um, but every time I say to him, you know, really, another tattoo already? Um, he's still sort of sticking to the fact that they're in, in a place, they're on his arm, but they're non-visible. Yeah. So a bit like you, even with one roll up on his shirt, shirt cuff, you still can't see his tattoos. So he's only 18, and he's, he absolutely gets that it could cause problems in the future because I know the, the, the work that he does at the moment it, it, it's fine for him to show off his tattoos yeah. but that doesn't mean to say he's going to do that forever no. and those biases will never go away they, they won't and that doesn't matter where we're talking about dress, appearance, size and shape, hair colour, whether you wear glasses, whether you've got a beard, whether you've got tattoos, as we know, piercings, it, whatever. It's social sciences, it's Absolutely unconscious it biases. Katie, last word with a minute left from your perspective. You're younger than Dave and I um, you bring something different to the table. What would your advice be to employers out there who maybe just need to loosen up or embrace? Do you agree with us that it's situationally relevant and it's a two-way thing? Yeah. Or do you also believe, and, and let's just tie in the mental health aspects, right? Do you think it's important for people to be able to express who they truly are? Yeah, definitely. Especially from a mental health aspect. Yeah. Because I used to wear makeup to work because it made me have the confidence to leave my house. But I do think it is situationally, like, relevant. relevant. It depends on what what you are doing, where your tattoos are, whatever are. Because I would never want 
to have tattoos on my face because it's just not appropriate. Yeah. And I wanted to bring that in because people need to express themselves for who they are. And quite often, if they can't in the workplace, then they may be in the wrong job. Yeah. Yeah. Putting on the mask every day, disguising who you are and how you feel is not sustainable for people. We see this all the time and we've got to allow that or they may not be right for the culture and the job. Mm. Cool. Well, we could talk about this all day, but we're going to finish it there. (laughs) Not sure we actually resolved anything. No, but but it's just getting you thinking about how you operate, who's in your business and and what your protocol is on this. Got to strike the the balance, I think, with it. Represent the company in the right way, but embrace diversity in the organisation. Dave, thank you very much. Katie, thank you very much. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.